clearly off topic. Two friends, one unique conversation. Driven to learn, inspire, create, and understand the world. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're just trying to be good humans and make the world a better place. How hard could it be? Hey guys, welcome back to Clearly Off Topic. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Juliet. Oh my gosh, do we have a cool episode for you? Oh yeah. This, um, I don't know if you guys have seen that video that's been going around on YouTube. It's called Invisible. Yeah. Um, and it was by a girl named Callie Gilbert. And she is a really interesting human. She has such an inspiring story and really a lot of knowledge to drop on you guys about becoming aligned and all that. She went from being homeless to being an award-winning filmmaker. I mean, this interview is incredible. It's so, so good. Stay tuned for that. But first, we have to do our gratefulness. Yeah. We definitely do. So, Juliet, what are you grateful for? Okay, Lindsay, um, I'm going to make this short. All right, so <laughs> I was going to go get a facial, and then I went there to get a facial, and I was going to get a hydrofacial, and then they were like, oh, have you tried dermaplaning? Do you guys know what dermaplaning is? It's the little tiny razors. They take all your face hair and skin off. It's a scalpel, okay? It's, it's a, a scalpel. scalpel. <laughs> so, anyway, the lady upsells me to the scalpel treatment, and I agree, like an idiot, and she scalpels my face. So I'm just really glad she didn't cut me. I'm grateful. She was in a hurry. She seemed stressed. I tried to get out of it. She's like, no, be fine. You're going to love it. It was a very typical Juliet story. It for was me. such a typical Juliet. In the <laughs> moment, I was like, Lindsay is going to tell me. <laughs> this is typical. <laughs> but I know it's silly um, and, and kind of like a first world problem. But um, yeah, I'm just kind of really glad she didn't cut my face. So you're glad that her training lived up? Yeah. Because even in a stressful moment, she still did a good job? She still did a good job. But I just, I think that I'm grateful for the lesson. Mm-hmm. But I need to say no more. Yeah. Especially when people are holding scalpels. Yeah, probably. Sorry, that was like a whirlwind of story. I tried to condense it. It was like a two-hour experience. That was actually very condensed. I'm very, I'm very, the way you told me that earlier, I thought it was going to be like a 15-minute long story. Um, So this week, I am actually grateful for something very first world. But so Juliet and I talk all the time about how our homes are run by robots, right? Like we both have Roombas. Oh, spoiler alert. I got a Roomba for Christmas, you guys. Roomba twins. It's so exciting. It should, it should be less exciting than how exciting. Excited how- we are like it. Uh, you I- showed me that video. You got a Roomba, and I literally jumped out of my chair and did a dance. Like, what in the hell is wrong with us? I know we're a little. It's just ridiculous. They're but so anyway, cute. we're so excited about our stupid little robot vacuums. Um, it really does help. Also, the thing is really dumb, so it's pretty funny to watch it get stuck into things. <laughs> anyway, um, so this week we actually bought uh, smart bulbs, so now all of our robots can turn on all of our lights, mm-hmm. and it's fucking awesome. Because <laughs> when you're too lazy to get out of bed at night, you're just like, hey, smart device. I'm not gonna say it then Juliet's will go off. Uh, turn my lights off. And it's like, okay, no problem. And you're like, hey, thanks. Uh, that thing that I can't say its name. And then it's like, yeah, it's cool. Don't worry. So I'm just really grateful for technology and yeah. the fact that Dan outfitted me with robots so that they can run my household. It's great. I am friends with the robots. If they take over, it's okay oh, because love me. we are chill with them. I say thank you all the time. You need to be polite yeah, to yeah. them because but they're taking over. It's they're basically happen. humans. I mean, they're getting close. They're going to get close. I would trust a robot more with a scalpel than like a I mean, human. Here's the thing. If you look at like the crazy sex dolls that are out there now and then like the capability of an AI robot and how it can like, like if you ask your phone, like, hey, call my father and it's like, who's your father? And you're like, my father is Jack. It'll be like, oh, do you want me to remember that Jack is your father? So that if next time you ask it, if it's your father, it'll just call Jack, right? Mm-hmm. So it like, if by you that, put those two together, yeah. like that's scary as hell. Well, by that logic, mm-hmm. if you're like, hey, robot, I love you. And it's like, do you mean me? And you're like, yeah, remember that when I say I love you when you're taking over, I really mean it. Yeah. So by this logic, we already one-upping the robots. Oh my god, this is ridiculous. Oh, my face is so smooth, but it's gonna be prickly soon. 
And guys, if you've ever dermaplane, can you please let me know how it goes? Because like I said, I got upselled and now I'm immediately regretting my decision. Upselled, huh? Is that not that much? Upselled. I got upselled. Upselled. Yeah. Okay. We're just going to stick with that. <laughs> We're going to stick with that. Just let me know. Okay. I know dermaplane, like hashtag dermaplane is like a thing. It's a thing. I I've researched been doing it. it on myself. Just do it on yourself. I Don't researched it after I did it. It was yeah. like included in That's the- like, that part of the story is not a Juliet moment. I know. I, I didn't know how much anything cost. First world problems, guys. Just want to know what your experience with dermaplaning is and if it actually does anything besides remove your face hair. Like- and skin, right? A little bit of skin yeah. too. Oh, the other thing I thought was funny. Yeah, it's supposed to remove skin. Mm-hmm. That's why I let her do it because she said it was anti-aging. Buzzword. Uh, <laughs> Buzzword. When I told her, she was like, oh, um, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's going to take away all that peach fuzz. And I was like, oh, my peach fuzz doesn't bother me. And she's like, looked at my face and said, oh, really? Oh, yeah. They, and like- then oh, she's like, not like you have a hairy face, but like you kind of have a hairy face. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> you're like, are you beer pressuring me? To get are you beard pressuring me? Do beard. I have a beard? Anyway, now I'm all self-conscious. I never noticed now your I'm beard an- before. I don't have a beard, but now I feel like I have one because this lady's trying to upsell me. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Enough of your dermal planning <laughs> story, right, you guys. Get to our let's get to our interview. Uh, here we go. Okay, but before we get into all of that, I want to talk about Red Bear Roastery. Red Bear Roastery is a micro-roastery out of Los Angeles specializing in small-batch craft coffee beans. Yes, that's a thing. Isn't that crazy? They are basically fueled by caffeine, and they have a huge passion for coffee. They want to provide you with the most wildly fresh coffee beans on the planet, basically. Your coffee never sits on a shelf for weeks on end before you purchase it. It's not, like, manufactured far away and then shipped off to you. It is manufactured as you order. So if you order a bag of the Barone, he then roasts a bag of the Burundi and just the small batch that you need. We have a really special relationship with Red Bear Roastery, and that is what gets us through all of these hours of podcasting. So if you use the code off topic at checkout at redbearroastery.com, you'll save 20%. So once again, code off topic and get yourself some wildly fresh coffee beans. We are here, as promised, with Callie Gilbert. She's an international best-selling author, award-winning filmmaker, and photographer, and she is most passionate about supporting women, especially men who are in transition. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thrilled to be here. Oh, yes. We're very excited to have we you We are on. so excited. <laughs> um, all right. So, listeners, we told you a little bit about her before we started, but in your own words, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are. Yeah, so I am an artist, and it's interesting because my dad and my brother are artists as well, but I was never really encouraged to do that growing up. It was, I was basically directed to go to school, get the job, you know, all these things, which I did, and then I was miserable because Mm -hmm. I wasn't being true to myself. And it was 2008 where I finally took a plunge, and I had this amazing job in New York. It was a top level position had financial freedom and but i was miserable so i gave it all up packed up the car and drove to california (laughs) and went to sausalito (laughs) and the moment i stepped foot in sausalito it was like i was home because it was an artist community and i felt so aligned with who i was and that's where it started for me really you know you touched on something that like i wasn't planning to ask this question but you have it all, but you're unhappy. Yeah, it happens all the time. All the time. So in your experience, why? Exactly. And that was the thing is, you know, and I remember telling my parents thought I was nuts. You know, you've got this great job. You've got, you know, this ideal, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, but, you know, I'm not being me. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you're not true to yourself, it doesn't matter what you have. You're not going to be happy, you mm-hmm. know. And that was the amazing thing was going and to California experiencing, you know, starting over in a new place, a new city, 
but also feeling so content and really at peace. And that made all the difference. So be true to yourselves, guys. <laughs> yeah, and make choices for yourself, yeah. not for what other people expect you to do. Because, yeah, I mean, even though there's, there might be struggles along the way, at the end of the day, your happiness is way more important than, like, your bankroll. Sorry. It's <laughs> more Absolutely. important than what people think about you. It's more important than anything. Yeah. And if, yeah. what you think about you is all you should focus on, right? Absolutely. And if you're unhappy, that's not cool. And much easier said than done, guys. We're not saying we got to figure it figured out, but... There's a trend here. You might yeah. want to pay attention to <laughs> We're seeing a trend. Um, all right. So continue the story. You're, you're in this new place. Yeah. So I went to grad school mm-hmm. in at the University of San Francisco. I studied sport management. I'm a former athlete, former Wonderful. figure skater. And I traveled all over the world. And I had a bachelor degree in sports management as well. So I figured, okay, I'll get the master's. And that way I can also get some student aid and live in the bay area yeah (laughs) because it was actually funny i was i went to school in for my undergrad in niagara falls and -hmm. i was living in a tiny little studio apartment which was great and i was paying two hundred dollars a month in rent so i went right phone bill right two hundred dollars so i went from two hundred dollars a month to two thousand dollars a month <laughs> that, hurts. that hurts a little okay. bit it doesn't feel very good and so i was just like oh my so yes i needed to figure out how i was going to do that and i i went there basically with 10 grand and no debt and to start over and but it goes by really quickly mm-hmm. so i said yeah. okay i'll go to school and went and got my master's degree and started my own event management consulting firm halfway through grad school and i loved it and graduated at the end of 2010. And I thought, all right, you know, I've got three degrees now. I have all this experience, a huge network. This is the direction I'm going to go in. And the universe went, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You know what they say, tell God your plans, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, my whole world turned upside down at the end of 2010. And in 2011, I literally lost everything. What I didn't realize when I graduated was that I was pregnant. I lost the child. Mm-hmm. My relationship ended. My money ran out. My car died, and I lost my home. So that was 2011. Oh wow! And that's, yeah. like a, that's like five. Am I counting five? Yes. Really. That's like really traumatic, hard things. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was interesting. I wrote a blog um, a couple days ago, and I said it was. I can laugh at it now because <laughs> at the beginning of 2011, I said I'm going to detox my life, <laughs> and the universe went okay. <laughs> <laughs> everything is gone and so I basically started 2012 with nothing no money no home no job nothing and this blank slate and it was like okay do I give up or do I start over Mm -hmm. right and I realized that I wasn't done yet there was still more for me to do and so I was like, all right, well, I need to get really clear on what I want in my life. And when you have nothing, life becomes very simple, mm-hmm. right? And so I said, I want to, I have three, three intentions. I want to stay in Sausalito because it was home. It was, I had friends. I had, you know, felt safe there at least. Mm-hmm. And I want a part-time job where I can pay the bills and still have some flexibility. And I want to wake up every day and do what I love, which is writing and photography. Mm-hmm. And within two and a half months, I manifested all of it. And so it was incredible. It was just like this major shift. And I ended up getting, finding a place, finding a job that had an apartment attached to the job. So it was like a property management. Oh, wow. Nice. Of. And the apartment was twice the size of my home that I lost mm-hmm. <laughs> and 450 bucks a month. 
which I never paid because I took out of my paycheck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. In Sausalito, uh-huh. right? And so it was just like, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was living the dream, you yeah. know, and it was amazing. Well, how did you get... You said you manifested. So, like, give us some nitty gritty because it's not just like the seeker. You think about it, it happens. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, you can't just exactly. think about it. Yeah. We were talking about this yeah. earlier. Yeah. You can manifest whatever you want, but if you don't do the work to make that manifestation become a reality, it's not going to happen. Exactly. For the most so, part. <laughs> well, the first thing I did was I write it down because mm-hmm. I write everything down. So it was the three intentions. What do I want? This is what I want. And then I released it. And but I did the work, right? So the day that I lost my home. It was actually such an ironic, beautiful day because I was taking all of my belongings to the storage facility to put into this box. And I walk in and the manager, I give him my name and he goes, oh, I was just reading about you. (laughs) He holds up the newspaper, the local newspaper and my book, because I had published a book Mm -hmm. while I'm in the midst of this crisis was on the front page of the newspaper. (laughs) So I'm like, I have no home, but my book is on the front page of the paper. (laughs) And so that's basically how it started. And then I mentioned to him, oh, by the way, this is why I'm moving my entire world into a box because, you know. And then through the storage facility, I met someone who said, oh, there's a job opening here. And that's how it then, you know, it's that's con- how you were then not yeah, homeless anymore. Exactly. You know, it's so interesting. Um, this kind of plays into this is before social media was really that big. It was mm-hmm. around. It wasn't that big yet. How people's perceptions can be so different than what's actually happening. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, your books on the front page of this newspaper. <laughs> you are amazing. How do you get to where you're at? And you're like, my life is falling apart. <laughs> and it's just exactly. that we don't, you never know what struggle you know. someone's going through exactly. ever, whether they're having a good struggle or about, you have no idea. Well, you, also, you also never know what's around the corner, right? Exactly. Ugh, life's scary, guys. Right, right. And that was the thing. I mean, one of the most profound moments for me was walking in Union Square in downtown San Francisco and passing this bus stop in this, big huge guy sitting at a bus stop and he asked me for money and you could tell he was homeless he, he just had like whatever he had with him and i told him i said buddy i really wish i could help i said but i'm, I'm homeless too and he looks at me and he goes but you're so pretty <laughs> right he didn't know that i'd been wearing the same clothes for like months right yeah. <laughs> you know and it was like that perception right yeah, yeah the face of homelessness is not Ex- a single thing no no it's yeah. not so yeah that is such a unique yeah, experience and really then is. and that really catapulted you into making this incredible film award-winning award-winning <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So I had been working on a feature documentary entitled Pearl Mm -hmm. for a while now and the last couple years. And I'd put together this amazing crew of all female uh, filmmakers and amazing cast. And we had been trying to raise money for Pearl and it just, it wasn't happening. And it was like so frustrating and I'm trying to live at the same time. And so I started my own production company at the beginning of 2019 because that was something that I really wanted to do. I was able to get a little bit of funding to start that. And that was a dream come true. And the first six months of 2019 were heavenly because I could wake up every day and do precisely what I was passionate to do. And then the money ran out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and in that panic state, because I know what it's like, right, to not have anything, I thought, okay, I should probably look for a job. Mm -hmm. And that I think I can look back now and go, that's where I made the mistake. Mm 
because I should have stayed focused on the company, but I fell back into that pattern of scarcity and lack and fear and all of these things. Understandably. Right, (laughs) exactly. And started looking for work. And as much as I looked, I applied for hundreds of jobs. Nothing was happening because I wasn't in alignment with Mm. it. I know that, you know, consciously I know that. And it was like I was perfect for so many jobs and nothing was happening. And I was just like, oh, my God, you know. And then one day it came where I was trying to get to a job fair in Culver City. And I don't have a car, so I take public transit everywhere. And I literally did not have enough bus fare to get to Culver City. And went, oh, my God. What am I supposed to do? You know, I'm trying to make this happen. I'm trying to do what I think I'm expect people are expecting me to do to show that I'm actually making an effort and I can't even get across town. And so there was that moment of victimhood. Mm-hmm. And then I said, okay, wait a second, pause, take a breath, take a step back. Okay. I may not have any money to get across town, but what do I, what do I have? Mm-hmm. And I have my phone and I have a computer at home and I have editing software and I have skills and talents and gifts, I can make a film. And out of that came Invisible. Mm -hmm. And I literally came up with the idea for the film on September 12th, September 11th maybe actually. And it came out October 22nd, so six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. And it's a short film. Mm -hmm. It's a short film, 15 minutes. And I thought, well, you know, if I can't get this, I, I have legs. I can walk, <laughs> right? So I walked and I, you know, found some people that were involved in the homeless community. And I said, can I interview you? And absolutely. And it was in Santa Monica and Venice. And just got these interviews of these people that are doing amazing work and shared my, my story. And voila, we now have an award-winning film. Who knew? I mean, it was just like I submitted it to six festivals and received word about a week ago that it had won the silver award in documentary reality with the Los Angeles Motion Picture Festival. And it was like, yes, (laughs) you know? So it's wonderful because I'm so proud of this film. First of all, because I made it with zero money Mm -hmm. and very limited resources. And just know that, you know, when you're destined to do something and when you're passionate about doing something and making a difference, that nothing is gonna stop you. there are no excuses. You can do a lot with very little. And so mm-hmm. I think that's really the message that I wanted to get across. And it's so great. I find that when I have limited resources or limited time, I'm my most creative. Yeah. Then when you have, I've got access to all these things and I have so much time and I'm like, I don't want to do anything, but just lay about. Yeah. And it's, you are, you're motivated and you're creative in those moments. It's exactly. like you align and it just happens. Exactly. And now it's just like things have been, you know, the last couple of weeks just, Flowing. Mm-hmm. I always say when you're in alignment with your purpose, life flows. And mm-hmm. it's been incredible to see how the interest of the film is now really taking off and opportunities are opening up. And it's like, okay, you know, my dreams have gone from like this tiny little to this huge, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, let's just dream big. You know, I submitted it to Cannes to the Emerging cool. Screenwriting, uh, not Screenwriting, Emerging Filmmaker Showcase. And to the French Riviera Film Festival as well, because I was contacted by them, and they're like, you need to submit your film. And so we'll see. And to Holly Shorts, which is an Academy um, film. They choose for the Academy Awards from there. So we'll see. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Why not just, I mean, if you're in alignment, it just, exactly. it just goes. Exactly, right? And I'm like, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And what happens, happens. And so 
Next month, I'm going to San Francisco to lead a summit on writing for Hollywood mm-hmm. with some of my colleagues, which I'm really looking forward to, and to start filming my next film, Yay! which I'm really excited about as well. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. More resources this time? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Your production company is called Tower 15 Productions, correct? Yes. So uh, on that front, you're you're also doing other things. Like you're such a teacher. Like when I, when you guys are not sitting there with her, you kind of are. But yeah. When we're sitting here, you you have such a beautiful energy, and it's a very giving energy. Yes. 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 So I, you're such a teacher. I love. Well, I love learning. Mm. That that's the thing is, I am always learning. I think you can never stop learning. And I always say I'm the eager pupil, willing <laughs> willing and eager to learn. And and then what I learn, I like to teach. Mm-hmm. Right. And so through my books, my latest book at Simply Filmmaking, I, it was funny because I said, I have been gifted, the greatest gift I've received in this entire journey of the last decade is the ability to really tap into my creative genius, my inner muse is what I call her, and come up with ideas that it's just like, wow, that is genius. Yeah. And the book was one of them. Literally, she wakes me up at 3.30 in the morning and says, here's an idea. That's just my dog. <laughs> right? <She has> zero <laughs> ideas. <laughs> And so it was February of 2018, so two years ago. And she said, you know how you did that publishing book a while back? Well, why don't you do something similar for film? You know, you're just getting started in the film industry. You, you really want to learn. Why don't you go interview other filmmakers? And so that's what I did with this book. I interviewed 28 female filmmakers in various categories, screenwriting, directing, producing, cinematography, editing, and composing. Got them to share their stories, their words of wisdom for someone just starting out in the industry and and put it together in this book. And it was huge because I then included in the back uh, resources. So for all the websites, you know, female-focused film festivals, all these different things that someone just starting out can go, okay, this is what I need in one book. And it was so funny because when I finished the book and I sent it off to get printed, the muse comes back <laughs> and says, oh, and by the way, this is the first of a seven book series. <laughs> and I went, oh, joy. <laughs> you know? So it's like, okay. And then each additional book will be it's simply screenwriting, it's simply directing. So yeah. in-depth look at each area. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And from people who have done it. Exactly. And it's now the basis of the educational component of my production company. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So it's really teaching. So why, I mean, why women specifically? Yeah. So, well, women are, are the force to be reckoned with now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a huge time for, I, I always say that to be a female screenwriter and director in this day and age is such a gift and such a blessing because I'm being allowed to do what I want to do, what I love to do. And instead of going, no, you can't do that. I've got like this entire sisterhood going, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. And we're here to support you. And so I want to be able to then pay it forward and do that to everyone else. Right. And so, it's amazing. I mean, it's just incredible to to get together. We just had a, a meeting with uh, Women in Media, which is a group that I belong to. And it was amazing just to be in this room of creatives all there to support one another mm-hmm. and learn and grow and make a difference and bring about positive change. 
Yeah, I think it's about it's about damn time for women. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that women can very much relate to other women in an emotional way where like if a man is writing a book or trying to teach a lesson, there's just a little bit of a different emotional, you know, mm-hmm. barrier between the two. Right? And I think, too, also that it's really important to find that kind of balance between the two. Right. Mm-hmm. Because my partner and I wrote my eighth book together He is a very gifted writer and photographer in his own right, but he's also very analytical where I'm very creative. And the process was amazing because I was all big picture. I could see where I wanted the story to go. And he was very detail oriented going, well, yeah, you you can get to that point, but you need to be able to do this first. And so having that collaboration was amazing because Mm -hmm. it was just the, the two strengths of the, you know, both of us and then creating this book which went out to do you know so much better than we had ever anticipated so yeah yeah. well and I think that also speaks for you and your partner like because like Juliet and I have always said like opposites attract for good reason right if you're an outrageously emotional person you need somebody who's cool calm and collected and can be like hey so like maybe that wasn't a good reaction you know (laughs) or so yeah or was it (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and it was so funny too because he is the calm collected you know and it was about two weeks before we were going to wrap up the manuscript. And it was such a personal story for the both of us that he needed a break. <laughs> all right. Two weeks before we're supposed to wrap. And I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, I'm like in total panic mode. Right. <laughs> and basically, he just needed like a week to recharge, you <laughs> know. And then he came back and he was like, all right, let's do this. And we got it done. But it was just like, I'm freaking out. And he's like, it's all good. Okay. Yeah. So how do you keep those creative juices flowing? So, I mean, writer's block is a real thing. Oh, it's such a real thing. So, yeah. Do you have a process? Yeah. So for me, um, I'm actually the opposite. I've got too much creative energy. I just, I create like as, as I'm breathing and it gets overwhelming at times because I'm all, it's always on, right? Um, writer's block, I, I don't really think it exists. I think it's, it's kind of, um, you just need to do something different. I, I, I find a different creative outlet. Mm -hmm. So I'm an artist, so I do a lot of different things. So when I was working on, I'm trying to think which book it was, maybe it was, it was the eighth book. Um, and I needed a break. Um, so that week that he took off, I was like, I can't do anything. (laughs) I'm just going (laughs) to, so I I decided to paint, Mm -hmm. right? So I would paint. And, and things like that. And then it was like, oh, okay, now I'm good. You know, just any type of block. Maybe I'll just, I'll go for a walk. You know, mm-hmm. I'll go to the beach. I'll go for, you know, for a Redirect walk. Redirect the energy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's all it is. It's just a matter of going, you're staring at a blank page. Nothing's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, mm-hmm. why are you still staring? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're creative. Go get, go get some, go get some uh, inspiration from a different resource. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, another question. So going back to, I mean, you've hit some really hardcore bottoms. How do you pull yourself up? Because it's so easy for people to get trapped, to get in that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. As you said, like, you know, when you have nothing, life gets simpler. Mm-hmm. That's also something that people can get, like, kind of addicted to that feeling, right? Yes. And last week we spoke with um, Michelangelo, another, Michelangelo yeah. who's another filmmaker who um, it goes around with Tree Man in Venice and kind of did a documentary on him. And, like, they, you know, are trying to help people bridge that gap and, like, get out of homelessness if that's their choice. So, yeah, what are what are your... 
in the dark times. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell people, I'm like, I've been knocked down and got back up so much that now it's just instead of the having to brush off the dust, it just flows. Right. You're like a dust repellent. Exactly. Like, no. <laughs> like, it's all good. It's all good. Um, I think it's just a matter of realizing that you're going to be okay, mm. you know, and that it takes time. It takes work, you know, realizing that, you know, you're stronger than you look, you know, I mean, I have literally been to hell twice and back. And when you lose a child, that's the most devastating oh. thing. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And, but I know that since I've experienced that, whatever else, it's like, whatever (laughs) it's all good you know and it was so funny like um today i'm sitting there and like literally before i came i got this notice that there was a um unauthorized charge on my bank account and at the moment i'm like what the hell right and i'm like it's okay it'll figure itself out (laughs) you know i don't stress about it anymore you know I don't really, you know, I, I keep my focus on what my true intentions are, the end results, I call it, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's the direction. And it's just, sure, there are going to be times where I'm going to sway, you know, and take a detour to get there, right? But it's just a matter of staying focused. Mm-hmm. And that really helps me in so many different capacities as well, being a creative, right? I'm always creating, and sometimes that is a bad thing because I lose focus, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's like sometimes I remember saying, yeah, I've got like, you know, 10 books and three movies in my head right now. And, you know, and it's yeah. like, where do I start, yes. right? I mean, so, I can't yeah. even remember the last thing you said. Juliet and I were brainstorming <laughs> last week. And you I said, said something, something so good. It was so good. And I was like, okay, let me write that down before I forget it. And in the time that I said that and pulled out a pen, it, it was gone. gone. <laughs> it was literally when he said something and I was like, I looked at her. It was like that slow look. And I was like, that's beautiful. And you're like, yeah, we should write that down. And then it was like, gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> but yeah, keep, keeping focus, right? And yeah. if you really want something, you have to do whatever, that, that do the work thing. You mm-hmm. know, you can manifest all you want. You can write things down. But if you're not actively taking steps to make that thing Absolutely. happen. Absolutely. It's never going to happen. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And when I wrote the first book of my memoir series, it's called It's Simply Serendipity. And it was basically because that was how my life was. It was like the right people would show up, the right circumstances, everything just aligned when things were great. And it was like, okay, there's something behind this, right? Mm-hmm. And I created this four-step formula where that I still live by. And it's so simple. I mean, it really begins with setting that clear intention, right, for what it is that you want. You know, when I didn't have anything, it was like, okay, three things, you know, (laughs) this is what I want. And then building from there, right? And then also learning from those who are doing what it is you want to do. You know, when I started out publishing books, I had never published a book before. I'd published a magazine, but two different worlds. And so it was like, okay, where can I find people that are publishing books where how can i learn and the same with filmmaking okay who can i learn from when i came to la it was i want to become a filmmaker i am going to volunteer for every film festival every conference every event and i'm going to get in the door and i'm going to network like crazy and hopefully i will meet somebody that will be able to help me out and i met amazing people that way and it was going into these situations with first offering to be of service instead of what can I get out of it and then I think that's so important is to realize that each of us has unique gifts and talents that we can be of service 
And so to do that and learn in the process, right? Yeah. And yeah, well, but from learning from people, you're also, you have to remember to take inspiration from the people who are already doing the thing that you want to do and to not be bogged down by there's somebody else doing it because they're not doing it how you would do it. Exactly. And so learning from the people who are doing and who are doing or are already where you want to be is that those are the best resources for you. And you can find out if it's really for you by learning about them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I always, I always tell people, I literally had a a coffee with a girl today and it was very much an ask. Right. And I like her a lot and I think that she is going to do really great things. Um, but she came in at first with an ask for Mm -hmm. me and I was like, okay, when is she going to give me something? Mm -hmm. Right. Come in with a thing that you're going to give because people are so much more willing to work with you and be creative with you. If you come in with, I want to help you, not like I'm better than you let me help you, Mm -hmm. but like, Hey, I can do this. And I think that you might need this. I'm going to do it for free or for a limited thing. Like I just Mm -hmm. want to be involved. Let's meet in the middle. And people remember those people. The world is so me, 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 me first. Literally people have like, I've seen it like taped up on their vision boards, me first. And I get it. You're trying to put yourself self care and everything, but that can't be, you can't be me first in relationships. All the, you can't be me first all the time. All the time. Yes. It's not an all the time thing. Mm -hmm. It's a when necessary thing. And I think that's where that gets foggy, right? Yeah. You can't start with an ask. You can't be like, Hey, I want you to do this thing for me, but I'll do something for you too. Like even that yeah, just that sounds worse than like, Hey, I have this skill that <laughs> exactly. I think you could use. And I also like really had you in mind to help me with this thing. So like, is there anybody to help each other? So I have the, the perfect example for that. So in 2012, when I had nothing, <laughs> I wanted to learn how to publish a book because I had all of this in my head that I needed to get down on paper and I wanted to put it into a book, but I had no idea how to publish a book. So I said, okay, where can I learn? I learned about the San Francisco Writers Conference and I volunteered for them. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, look, I have an event management background and I'm a photographer. I can do a lot for you. Put me to work mm-hmm. and just, I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And so that first year I learned amazing things. I mean, from the best of the best in the publishing industry and it was so great. And the last day of the conference, I connected with the director and shared with him that, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm homeless, <laughs> you know? And he was like, oh my gosh. He goes, well, let me, you know, come to dinner with us. It's the last day. I'll introduce you to some of the crew and basically took me under his wing and showed me tips and, on how to become a published author. The next day, I, next year, I went back and I volunteered again, mm-hmm. right? Here I am again, put me to work, <laughs> what can I do? And it, I just continued to do that. And then when I had some books on the market, they're like, oh, well, why don't you come speak, right? So then I'm going back and I'm speaking. Oh, you're a photographer, why don't you help us with the program cover? So I helped them with that. I said, whatever you need, put me to work. That was mm-hmm. always the thing. And now, you know, here I am eight years later and leading my own summit at this conference. Mm-hmm. And, but it started with me putting, you know, being of service and saying, what can I do for you? And so many people are just going to see you as the summit headliner and going to say, I just want what she has right now. But they don't realize you have to almost always almost start always. at the bottom exactly. by giving something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what's cool about this conference because the first day of the conference, they have a session called Success Stories. Mm-hmm. And I always go and say, yes, this is what I'm doing now, but here's where I started. Yes. <laughs> you know? The reminder. Absolutely. And the next thing you're going to do, you don't necessarily get to skip that step. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the truth. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So you also have your own like private workshops and private seminars that you are doing now. You want to speak a little bit yeah, about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I just launched um, a really fun 
masterclass called Simply Serendipity. It's based off of the book and mm -hmm. the four-step formula. But what I did is I actually expand on this and I teach how to tap into your own creative genius mm -hmm. because I believe we all have it. We all have this amazing creative genius within us that we can manifest anything from that space. And mm -hmm. I think the problem a lot of times is that we look outside of ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, where can I turn to? Who can I turn to to create this life that I, you know, desire instead of what do I have within me that I can do that? And so in this course, I have four modules and it's all about taking all of our skills and our talents and our uniqueness and manifesting from that amazing space. And so really excited. What I would love to do for your listeners. Listen up. Ooh. Yes. Very <laughs> special uh, bonus. So for the first 10 people who sign up for this masterclass, I'm also going to offer a pretty cool bonus. It's a 60-minute strategy session with me one-on-one -on -one via Zoom where you will share with me what your dreams are and we will create a plan around this formula on how to manifest that dream. Ooh. And so we'll have a special link for you guys and really excited to share that with you because it's not just an educational mm -hmm. class. It's uh -huh. something fun that you can really put everything, you know, your imagination and just you have fun with it. Yeah. So excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. we'll share that link with you guys uh, in the show notes. And I'll put it in our link tree on our Instagram, too, just so you guys have access and to it'll it. Be on, it'll be on our Instagram as well. You guys should follow us there because we have all kinds of goodies. Ooh. This will be in the description. Mm -hmm. All that good jazz. Um, okay, so people want to watch Invisible. They want to see the next one that's coming out, which looks great, guys. The trailer yeah. just dropped <laughs> yeah, like last week. Yeah, we were talking amazing. about it on the way here. <laughs> um, yeah, how can people find you? Yeah, Tell so absolutely. CallieGilbert.com, C-A-L-I. My name's on every T-shirt in town. <laughs> Gilbert.com. And that's where all the info is. Um, you can also sign up for my newsletter. I have special bonuses for my subscriptions. And um, yeah, I mean, so much going on. I have consultants, uh, consultations. I have the master classes. I have a VIP day in Santa Monica, which is very cool. It's one-on-one, -on -one, full day immersion. And the big news, which I haven't officially announced yet, <laughs> is that in September, I'm holding a writer's retreat, three-day writer's retreat here in Santa Monica for six heart-centered women where I will guide them through the entire process of writing, marketing, and publishing their transformational book. So, whoa, really, sign me up. I'm, yeah, I'm really so really excited about that. So awesome. ready for that. Both of us just lit up. Let's yeah, we just like Lindsay has her finger up in the air. I'm like, ah, uh, yes. Okay, I already forgot what it is, but in right now, guys. Um, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to join Thank us you. here and inspire us. And I mean, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. So exciting. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a joy. Oh, awesome. Well, um, you guys, please definitely check out Callie's stuff. Um, the movie Invisible or short film Invisible is incredible. So definitely check her out. Check out all of this mastermind stuff. We're going to have all of it linked for you below. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Well, we won't see you. We'll, you'll hear us. You'll hear time. it. Yeah. What was that? What was that? We hear, <laughs> we hear you. We hear you. We love you guys. Thanks love for you guys. Bye. Bye.